Good evening. I want to welcome you tonight to Victory Christian Fellowship. And we're here to enjoy the presence of God and each other. And we're going to have a great time in the Lord tonight. Are you ready? Just want to welcome you. If you're watching tonight, get in on this. This is going to be a great Father. We're so grateful and thankful that we can gather here tonight in the presence of the Lord to hear your word, to be touched by your power, Lord, to have our mouths satisfied with good things and our hearts full of the glory of God. And Lord, we give you thanks and praise and give you all the glory for this moment. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's worship the Lord together. Thank you. 
you in this place Holy One Lord Jesus you are the Holy One of Israel and Lord we just take authority now over our nation we come against the darkness and the wickedness and the evil in the name of Jesus And Lord, I thank you that you lift up a banner over this nation. And Lord, you root out that which is evil. And Lord, we pray that your light will shine in the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you that you will instill the courage and strength and boldness into people like you did Joshua and Caleb, who stood their ground who did not compromise, who didn't give in, who pressed in for the mark. Oh Lord, I give you thanks and praise right now 
Devil, you will not gain control of this nation in the name of Jesus. We're standing in the gap. And Lord, you're bringing us back to our roots. Our roots of law-abiding citizens, God-fearing citizens, in the name of Jesus. Protect this nation. Lord, we thank you for intervening in our affairs and working all things out to your will in the name of Jesus and silencing the enemy, exposing the lies, bringing order to the chaos in the name of Jesus and let justice and righteousness prevail. Lord, bless this nation. We plead the blood of Jesus. Those who aren't going to stand up for what's right, move them out of the way. And I thank you, Lord, for delivering us from evil. Hallelujah. And Lord, we're not worried, we're not concerned because we're looking to you. We're walking with you and we're trusting in you, Lord. And we will not be moved for what is right. And Lord, we thank you that you speak to us. Oh yes, the enemy, he walks around as one, like a lion, like a roaring lion. But I've given you the power and the ability and the authority in, the, in my name to stand against him, to resist him steadfast in the faith. Oh, I've made you a champion over your adversary. He's already a defeated foe. He has no power and authority. I've given my church, my people, my glorious ones, my power in my name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you, Signature Worship Team. They do a wonderful job. They're anointed for such a time as this. Well, it's great to get together. You guys are a good, good-looking group of people. And I want to thank everyone that uh, participated in giving uh, Bonnie a, a card shower. And um, she just, uh, she's home now and uh, she's recovering from uh, surgery on her leg. And uh, if any of you want to uh, participate in giving her a meal, uh, you can see uh, Miss Lisa, I guess, and she can give you the details. And 
You can bring them to church and then we'll deliver them uh, safely to her. Hallelujah. And uh, like always, every time we get together, we have an opportunity to invest in the kingdom of God. And you're investing in the most successful, richest, dynamic company ever called the kingdom of heaven. And uh, it is good ground for good work. And we just thank you for putting your seat. You can do that anytime. Those of you that are here, and then if you're watching online, of course, you can do that online through our website as well. Amen. Well, we serve a good God, don't we? So you got your seatbelts on? Are you ready for the word tonight? Well, I'm ready to give you this word. A word that was dropped into my heart earlier this week, and I was putting the ingredients together today. Uh, I want you to go with me to Matthew chapter 9. Matthew chapter 9. And uh, we're going to start with verse uh, 36 to 38. Um, I simply call this activate, receive, and reap your harvest in life. How many harvest reapers do we have in here? You know, God, from the very moment he created man, he blessed him and he caused him to multiply, to be fruitful, to take dominion, to fill and replenish the earth. And uh, God has blessed each and every person, especially those who know him as Lord and Savior. Say, I'm blessed. And with his blessing comes equipping. He has equipped you for every good work. To be blessed means to overflow, to have more than enough. You got your stuff covered, and you're able to help others as well. And uh, in Matthew chapter 9... Verse 36, the Bible says, but when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. You know, God doesn't want to see a person without a shepherd. Having a shepherd in your life is so important. Not to rule your life, but to feed you and to nourish you and to care for you and to lead you. Then he said unto his disciples, the harvest, everybody say the harvest. That's what we're going to talk about tonight. Truly is plenteous. It's plentiful, but the laborers are few. There's an abundant harvest to get, but there's not a lot of people to get it. He said, pray to the Lord of the harvest that he would send forth laborers into his harvest. Aren't you glad that we have a Lord of the harvest? So the harvest, the harvest is not lacking. What did he say? The harvest is plentiful. It abounds. There's an abundance. Now he's talking about winning the lost here. But we're going to go beyond uh, winning the loss. We're going to talk about reaping a harvest in our life. 
There's a harvest for you. God has assigned a harvest for you. After all, you are his field. And every field is destined for a harvest. The only thing you need to, to, to get a harvest from a field is seed. Amen? And God has ministering spirits, which are angels. They are ministering spirits sent forth to minister to those who shall be heirs of salvation. We got some invisible workers that are working behind the scenes. They deliver messages. They help set up opportunities. They make connections. Amen. And they fight battles. We got angels working in D.C. tonight. Amen. So this word, harvest, it's the word therismos. Or therismos, I don't know. I'm not a Greek scholar. I like gyros, but I'm not a Greek scholar. It means reaping. It means met. It's equivalent to the act of reaping. Gathering of men into the kingdom. It is gathering a crop. You know, have you noticed that when you plant something, whatever you plant, when it grows, it just doesn't hop in your house. How many ever planted tomatoes? Did those tomatoes, once they were ripe, ever just roll into your, onto your countertop and say, here I am? No. See, a harvest has to be gathered. A harvest has to be reaped. If you don't reap the harvest, you lose the harvest. Harvest comes in a season of opportunities. Right? It doesn't come all year round, but it, it, there are times when it's time to harvest. But when you've got the Lord of the harvest, He can accelerate the date. He can accelerate the time. Some harvests are reaped immediately. People who hurt, they came in contact with the incorruptible seed and they reaped the harvest immediately. The woman with the issue of blood. The moment she heard and the moment she touched, she reaped. She reaped the harvest. What was her harvest? Complete and total wholeness. The harvest was the bleeding stopped. Twelve years of torment gone. Twelve years of pain gone. In one moment, she reaped the harvest. Why? She came in contact with the divine seed. So, God has a crop for you to reap, and if you don't reap it, it's not going to come in. A harvest that is not reaped dies on the vine. Go with me to John chapter 15. John chapter 15. Notice what it says, starting with verse 1. I am the true vine. If there's a true vine, there must be a lying vine. A lying vine produces bad fruit. 
I'm the true vine, and my father is the husbandman. And every branch in me that bears not fruit, he takes away. But every branch that bears fruit, he purges it, that it may bring forth more fruit. So, Jesus is the master sower and reaper. He never reaps where he hasn't sown. Okay? And God is the husbandman. He's the gardener, the caretaker, the farmer, and the vine dresser. He knows where the richest and most fertile ground is. What did he do to his people? He took them out of a land of slavery and brought them into a land flowing with milk and honey. What was that land? A fertile land, a rich land, a productive land. You plant in that land and you're going to reap a, an abundant harvest. You're going to get a bumper crop. How many could use a bumper crop? A harvest is a good time. It's a gathering time. Amen? All your sowing, all your labor, all your planting, all your weeding has culminated in the harvest. That's why you do what you do. Ah, I just give whatever to that church and I don't expect anything. Well, then you're a foolish farmer. You ever hear a farmer just plant seed and say, I don't think I'm going to do too good this year? No, they wouldn't go through all the trouble. Now, would they? So Jesus, he knows how to extract the best possible gain from something. He knows where your seed will reach maximum potential. And when he says, give this here, he's got a harvest on his mind. He's got something for you to reap. Amen? He knows that when you put that seed in that place, why? Because he's directing you to. He knows how to extract the best possible gain from something. And he is the sower of an incorruptible seed. Say incorruptible seed. That's the seed that we've been born again. It's incorruptible. It can't be corrupted. The seed can't, but it, it depends on what ground you put it in. God wants people to come into his kingdom and his highest desire for you is to reap a harvest in your life. A harvest of healing. A harvest of strength. A harvest of peace. You can reap a harvest in all kinds of areas. You've got to use your faith and apply God's word and attack lack in your life. You know, that's what a farmer does. When he plants, he's attacking lack. Why? That's his livelihood. Did you know that a farmer lives by his planting? A farmer lives by his planting. So do we. How many want to attack some lack in your life? We need to attack lack. If there's any area of life that we're lacking, we've got to attack it. We can't just accept it. We can't just say, what will be, will be. No, we've got to attack the lack with the incorruptible seed and the power of the Holy Ghost. You know, the Holy Ghost is fertilizer for your seed. He activates your seed. 
He's like the He's like the fire to the fireworks. Right? If you don't have any fire, you just got a pretty stick. But when that fire hits the fireworks, you got explosion. You got lights, you got sparkle. Let the Holy Spirit lead you and lay hold to his promise of, by faith. And you've got to speak God's word to bring about a change in your life. Did you know if you want something to change in your life, you've got to agree with God. And you've got to speak what he speaks. You've got to come into complete alignment with him. Speaking God's word is activating the power of the incorruptible seed. That's how you activate it. You know, when you walk in your house tonight after you leave here, you're going to hit a switch. And that switch activates the light or it activates whatever device that you need to turn on. Unless you've got to clap on, clap off. Remember those things? We used to have one a long time ago. A let clap on, clap off. Your clapping was the switch. Go to Psalm 107. Psalm 107. Hallelujah. Psalm 107 and 37. Notice what it says here. I'll get there. There we are. Now, Psalm 107:37, And sow the fields and plant vineyards which may yield fruits of what? How many want to increase? I want to increase my health. I want to increase my wealth. I want to increase my wisdom. I want to increase my understanding. All things that God tells us to increase. I want to increase my knowledge of God. Same thing. Verse 38. He blesses them also so that they are multiplied greatly. Who are multiplied greatly? Those who plant. Those who sow. And suffers not their cattle to decrease. Say, my cattle is not going to decrease. I'm not going to lose a cow. I'm going to increase in my cows. What's your cow? Anything that brings value to your life. Anything that increases your life. Anything that brings income to your life. That's your cow. We got some cows. What do you think made Milton Hershey rich? Cows. Right? He moved to this area because of the cows. Amen? Cows made milk Hershey million. Why? That was a key ingredient to chocolate. You can either look at a cow as a burger or a blessing. It's your choice. You don't have to turn there, but Psalm 67 verse 6 says, The earth has yielded its harvest. As evidence of God's approval, God our God blesses us. So, harvest is blessing and blessing is harvest. Amen? Did you know that God scheduled you a harvest tonight? You decide how you want, how long your harvest wants to be. Alright? 
Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Let's go to John 4 first. And then we're going to go to Mark 4. Go to John 4. Woo! Yeah. Listen to this. John 4. Um, look at verse 34. John 4, verse 34. Jesus said unto them, My meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. How many agree with Jesus? You want to do God's will and finish his work. Okay? Notice verse 35. Say not that there are four months and then come harvest. Behold, I say to you. He's changing the narrative. Lift up your eyes and look on the fields, for they are white already to harvest. We're waiting four months, and God says, no, it's now. You don't have to wait four months. It's now, because he changed the narrative. And he that reaps receives wages. Did you know that if you reap, you're going to receive a wage? Who's paying you? God. God pays you to reap. He asks you to sow and he pays you to reap. He that reaps receives wages and gathers fruit unto eternal life or life eternal. That both he that sows and he that reaps may what? Listen, you've got to rejoice when you sow so you can rejoice when you reap. If you grumble when you sow, you're going to grumble when it grows. Well, this, this is stuff that I don't even have in my notes. This is just coming out. If it's hard for you to rejoice when you sow, it's going to be really hard to rejoice when it's time to reap. Because your attitude affects your altitude. And your attitude determines your gratitude. So stop waiting for four months. Stop saying, oh, I got time. You don't got time. You got to reap now. Jesus can accelerate the season. I mean, he turned water into wine. He didn't even use grapes. Normally, you got to put some grapes away. You got to let them ferment. And you got it takes time. He didn't even use grapes. He totally bypassed the whole process and went from water to wine. Total acceleration. When his disciples were stuck in a storm and they were rowing hours and they, they went like a quarter of a mile. Jesus said, I'm just going to bypass the boat and I'm going to use my feet as boats. He had some boat shoes. But he walked on water. So you serve a God that can accelerate a season. All right, go to Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4. 26. Mark 4 and 26. Oh my goodness. This is such an important thing. There's millions, there's a lot of people in the body of Christ that don't understand the harvest. Well, if God wants to, He will. Yeah, he, He's been wanting to, but you've got to agree with Him. <laughs> you know, it doesn't take time for God to want to. The minute he, he made creation, he wanted to. 
I mean, when he made man, he didn't say, let me wait five days and then I'll bless him. No, he made man and the first thing he said to him was, I bless you. (laughs) Mark 4, verse verse 26. And he said, so is the kingdom of God. If a man should cast seed into the ground and should sleep and rise night and day, and the seed should spring and grow up, and he knows not how. For the earth brings forth fruit of itself, first the blade, then the ear, then the full corn of the ear. But when the fruit is brought forth, immediately he puts in the sickle because his, the harvest has come. God wants us to do two things. In this passage of scripture, number one, he wants you to sow. Your job is to sow. You don't have to worry how it grows. You do the sowing. God does the growing. Right. He goes to sleep and he doesn't know how the seed grows. But the second thing that you need to do is you need to get ready of your sickle. When it's time to reap, you got to reap. When it's time to receive, you got to receive. Amen. So you got to sow. A man casts seed into the ground. That's sowing. Once you cast your seed, then it's up to God. And it brings forth first the blade, then the ear, then the full corn. But when the fruit is brought forth, immediately you've got to be able to receive quickly. How many quick receivers do we have in here? When God says you're healed, you can say, let me think about that for a minute. No! That's not a time to think about. That's just time to say, okay. You're healed. Okay. Everybody say, yes, Lord. That's all he wants to say. When God says that he wants to give you something, you just say, yes, Lord. Right? And you receive it right there. You've got to accelerate your reception. How do you do that? You decide that you're going to receive it right now. Amen? You don't have to wait. The Bible says, wait on the Lord. Yeah, that's to renew your strength. Not to receive. Amen? All right, go to 3 John. 3 John. Hallelujah. Just laying the foundation here. 3 John. There's only one chapter there, verse 2. I want you to hear God's heart. Okay, yes, John is writing this, but who inspired John to write it? Holy Spirit. So he's writing a message from God. Okay? Beloved, are you God's beloved? How many, if you're God's beloved, say amen. Amen. That should be every one of us. If you didn't say amen, then you better get with the program. You know, if you want to reap, you're going to have to use your mouth. You're not a puppet, you're a person. God didn't make you into a puppet. He doesn't move your mouth. You move your mouth in response to what he said. Beloved, I wish or I desire or I pray. uh, Listen, above all things. That's important. Above all things. That you may prosper and what? Be in health, how? 
Prospering in your soul is sowing to your soul. If you're not sowing to to your soul, you're not going to prosper and be in health. Okay? The Amplified says this. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in every way. How many want to prosper in every way? That your body may keep well, even as I know your soul keeps well and prospers. How do you prosper in your soul? You renew your mind. How do you you renew your mind? You read the word and you believe the word. And you confess the word. And you accept the word. Amen. Real simple. You don't have to be a rocket scientist to renew your mind. You don't have to be a brain surgeon to renew your mind. All you have to do is read and speak and accept. Amen. Here's the J.B. Phillips translation. My heartfelt prayer for you, my very dear friend, is that you may be healthy and prosperous in every way. In every way are you in your soul. What is your soul, your mind, your will, and your emotions? Though your mind and your will and your emotions have to be fed the word of God because they haven't been regenerated. So you have to treat your mind, your will, and your emotions like your kid. Those are your your kids. Your mind, your will, and your emotions. Anybody ever have their emotions get out of hand? Well, that means your emotions were thrown in a tantrum. Because they don't have the right oversight. See, when when your emotions are thrown in a tantrum, your flesh is ruling. All right, here's the Passion Translation. All right, no, no, that wasn't, uh, anyway. So God wants you to prosper and be in health, but the condition is you've got to prosper your soul. That's the sowing. If you want to reap prospering in your life and health in your body, you've got to sow to your soul. How did you become a living soul? God breathed his life into you. And you became a living soul. Alright? So what are you sowing and planting in your soul? Are you planting CNN Fox seeds in your soul? Uh oh. Now you're stepping on my toes. Well, let me tell you something. Is that going to bring health or healing or prosperity? No, it'll be anguish and sorrow and grief. What you're planting in your soul, you're reaping in your body and your pocketbook. What you sow in your soul, you reap in your body and your pocketbook, right? Soul prosperity means you must be able to control your mind, your will, and emotions. Jesus had emotions. But he didn't let his emotions... Get the best of him. He wept at Lazarus' tomb, but he wasn't part of the group of grievers that were hired to mourn. His grief did not control him. He still operated in the spirit. Jesus got mad. He walked into the temple and he cracked the whip and flipped over tables and, and flung money off the tables. He got mad. Everybody say he got mad. But his, his, his anger didn't control him. See, if you can't control your emotions and your feelings, then they're out of control. 
And you're not prospering in your soul. You're depleting your soul. Prosperity of the mind comes when you use the knowledge that has been accumulated from God and you choose to control your mind, your will, and your emotions. Say, I choose. The Bible even says, be angry and what? Sin not. Don't let it get to the point where it becomes sin. It doesn't say you shouldn't get angry, but there, there's a point where it goes overboard. Alright? Go to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. Let me just show you what I mean. Okay? Ephesians 4 and verse 17. Ephesians four seventeen. This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord that you henceforth, that means hereafter, right now, immediately, walk not as Gentiles walk in the vanity of their what? Uh-oh. That's a mind out of, that's a mind that's, your mind was not meant to rule your life, your spirit is. But when, we're not, when a person's not born again, the mind is ruling. Because the Spirit has no voice. Until the Spirit gets born again, it gets, it gets uh, zapped with the power of God. It gets the spiritual defibrillator called Jesus when you accept Him as Lord. You, 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 be, you get resurrected to spiritual life again. Verse 18. Having the understanding darkened. See, this is what happens when you don't control your mind. You got a dark, you're in darkness. Being alienated from the life of God. If you're letting your mind control your life, you're going to alienate yourself from God. Through the ignorance that is in them, they don't know the word. You've got to be kidding me. They just prayed in the house. Amen. And oh, a woman, you've got to be kidding me. That is so wrong. Because they're ignorant. They're darkened. They have no understanding. That's how ignorant the devil is. Because of the blindness of their heart. See, all that's connected. See, but when you get born again, it switches, it flips. Your spirit is now the boss. And your mind, your will, and your emotions are its employees. Say, my spirit is the boss. And my mind, my will, and my emotions are subject to my spirit. That's how it has to be. So you bring your mind, your will, and your emotions into the control of the spirit, which is governed by the word of God and taught by the Holy Spirit. And notice their past feeling. They give themselves over to lasciviousness to work all uncleanness and greediness. Okay? So, you know, we're supposed to cast down vain imagination. We're supposed to capture thoughts that exalt themselves against the Word of God. Alright? Can, can I give you now six things that will help us reap this harvest? Right? Simple things. 
Number one, see, if you're, you're going to reap a harvest and God wants you to, you've got to believe that God's a rewarder. Hebrews 11.6. You can just bring it up on the screen. Hebrews 11.6. Hallelujah. Our awesome, incredible technicians. But without faith, right? It is what? Impossible to please who? See, your life now, when you got born again, it stopped about pleasing you. Now it's about pleasing Jesus. For he that comes to God, you must believe. I must say, I must believe these two things. That he is, okay? You believe that God exists. And then the second one, you believe that he's what? A rewarder of who? If, see, if you're not diligently seeking God, then he's not going to reward you. What's diligently seeking? You're sowing into the Spirit. You're taking time to seek God, to get His perspective, to get His advice, to get His outlook. Did you know that God looks at different things than we do? He looks at something and says, that's possible. We look at it as, how am I going to figure this thing out? Right? We look at things like, oh, my elbow hurts. And God looks at it and says, oh, no, you're healed. See, he has a different perspective than we do. So when you diligently seek him, you're taking the time to get his perspective so that you can agree with it. Right? So seeking is the sowing and getting the revelation is the reward. Okay? So a harvest is the reward for your labor and sowing. Okay? Number two, to help us activate and receive and reap a harvest. We need a harvest. Amen? God's got a harvest for every problem. He has got a reward for every situation. Okay? So number two, you've got to believe in yourself. Say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Philippians 4.13 You've got to believe that you can through Him. Not on your own. I can't do it on my own. But you can do it all things through Him. Through His strength. See, if you're going to solve a problem, you've got to partner with God because you'll never solve it on your own. God has come into our lives to be our partner. He's given us the greatest life coach ever, the Holy Ghost. Amen? So you've got to believe in yourself. If you want to be a reaper, a harvester, if you want to bring in what's yours, see, the harvest is yours, but you've got to bring it in. God gave Israel the land, didn't they? Did did he wrap it up in a package? Did he drop it out of the sky? No, they had to go in, they had to face the opponents, and they had to take it. But God gave it to them. What if they never went in? They wouldn't have gotten it. I'm just going to sit here and wait for God to give me my land. You're going to do without it, honey. (laughs) 
I mean, God gave them it, but they had to go in and get it. That's harvest. Number three, you've got to expect a miracle. Now, you don't live by miracles, but they're good when they happen. What are you supposed to live by? If you don't live by miracles, what should we live by? You've got to live by faith. What does that mean? You're living by what God says. You're letting God's word, what, what God's word says, govern your thoughts, your words, and your actions. Right? Okay, Galatians 3.5. Galatians 3.5. He who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you, he does the work. He, does he do it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Which one do you think? God works by faith. Why? Because faith pleases him. So you've got to believe God is a rewarder. You've got to believe in yourself. You've got to expect a miracle. Number four, you've got to speak the word. Jesus told you to speak to mountains. Did you know that he put a bulldozer inside of you? And your tongue is the ignition. The minute you speak words, the bulldozer goes into action. And it starts, Mark eleven twenty four. Speak to this mountain, command it to be removed and cast into the sea. Do not doubt in your heart, but believe whatever you say. You can have whatever you say. Say, I can have whatever you say. So what are you saying? Are you always talking about your pain or your problem? Then that's what you're having. Isn't it interesting how that works? All that faith stuff's not working. Oh, it's working pretty good. (laughs) Death and life are where? Whoa. This tongue is on fire. I don't know where that came from. <laughs> you're either starting a fire or you're putting it out, a fire out with your tongue. <laughs> now, when you get to heaven, you can ask God, God, why'd you put that power there? Because God used his words to create this world. And he's given you the same ability to create your world. And uh, he's going to actually judge us for all of our idle words. Words are important to God. Anybody that writes a book with 1198 chapters, words are important. Amen? Proverbs twelve fourteen. a man will be satisfied with good from the fruit of his words. Your words have created something in your life. And if you want to create something different, you've got to change your words. Okay? All right, number five. You've got to choose who you're going to agree with. If you want to reap a harvest... You've got, to, you've got to choose to agree with the greatest reaper of all, and that's God. Joshua twenty four fifteen. He says, choose, whom, choose you this day whom you will serve. Who do your words serve? 
Who does your words side with? Did you know that before David killed Goliath, he had to win the war of words? And once he won the war of words, the rest of the stuff was easy. Because do you realize, not one soldier in Israel was willing to use words against Goliath. But God had to send a pizza boy. Pizza boy, yeah. What is, he brought bread and cheese to his brothers, that's pizza. Minus the sauce. Go to Luke 6.38. I like this interaction. Every time you come to a church service, it's an opportunity to interact with the harvest. Luke 6.38. How many have an it that they need? I need an it. What's your it? It's whatever it is you need. Luke 6.38. What does it say? Give and it shall be given to you. If you want your it, you've got to give your it first. You've got to give your it before you get your it. Give. Everybody say give. What do we give? Tithes, offerings, first fruits, alms. Tithe starts the giving. You haven't given until you've tithed. A tithe is a tenth. No giving is counted as giving unless you tithe first. Because the tithe is not ours, the tithe is God's. Then after the tithe, He lets you choose how much you want to offer. God doesn't tell you how much to offer. He tells us how much to tithe, but He doesn't tell you how much to offer. Amen? You get to choose your offering. But offering is where the increase comes in. And then alms, that's given to people who are less fortunate. Amen? And when you give to the poor, you lend to the Lord. Did you know that your giving activates a harvest? Some of you are looking at it like, oh no, I didn't know that. Well, I'm telling you, your giving activates a harvest. That's your seed. Right? Give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, shall men, men give into your bosom. They're going to lay it in your lap. For with the same measure that you meet, it will be measured to you again. You determine the measure you want back by the measure you give. If you give sparingly, what do you do? You reap sparingly. If you give bountifully, you reap bountifully. That is scripture. So you got a soul towards your miracle. You read the Old Testament. They had an offering for everything. They had a wave offering. They had a grain offering. They had a free will offering. They had a sin offering. They had an offering for this and an offering for that. Amen? I mean, they, they, they had an offering for everything. And then you get to the New Testament, and people are giving proceeds 
of properties that they sell. They're not given a portion. Like if you sell a property for 100000 they're given 100000 And the Bible says in Acts, no one lacked. Why? Because they were such a giving generosity that took hold of the people of God. But that's, gonna, that's part of your harvest. And then finally, you got to expect a harvest. Go with me to Galatians chapter 6. Your expectation is God's invitation. The man at the gate, beautiful. When Peter got his attention, he was expecting to receive something. In his case, he was expecting to receive money. But he got more than what he expected. He got healed. Because Peter and John left their wallet at home. But they came with the Holy Ghost. And Peter said, silver and gold I don't have, which was true. Doesn't mean he was poor, just means he left his wallet at home. It was a time for prayer. And he gave him what he had, and that changed his life. Galatians 6, verse 9. Let us not be weary in what? Well-doing. Oh, I'm tired of giving. Then you're tired of reaping. For in due season, what does it say? We shall reap. Say, it's due season tonight. Say, today is my due season. The Bible said, if you just hang in there, don't quit. Keep on believing. Right? You got to keep on believing. I think there's a song somewhere in there. Right? You, the Bible says if you do that, you shall reap. You shall reap. If you don't faint, if you don't quit, if you don't give up, you shall reap. You shall reap. Those are the words of God. You shall reap. It can't go any other way. Hallelujah. So this is, those are keys to reap a harvest. Want to reap a harvest in your family? You need God to change your situation? Sow your time into God. Find out what He wants you to do. David never lost a battle whenever he sought God. He would ask God, What should I do with this enemy? He didn't just do what he did for the last enemy. He would seek God each time a new enemy arose. See, because if you, if, you if you rely on your experience, you stop relying on God. You've got to get a fresh instruction, fresh direction every moment of the day, every challenge. Just because there's demonic activity in your house, you can't just anoint the, the doorpost with oil because you did that the last five times. You've got to find out what the Holy Ghost wants you to do. Right? God's involved in an interactive relationship. God's not a stale man of God. He didn't send leftovers from heaven. He made manna fresh every day. 
So God wants to give you fresh advice, fresh insight, fresh instruction, fresh direction, fresh every day in the moment. So stop relying on your experience and start relying on God. It'll make the world a difference. Amen? So let me just give you these. You got to believe that God is your rewarder. You got to believe in yourself that you can do all things. You got to expect a miracle. You got to speak the word. You got to choose who you're going to agree with. You got to sow toward your miracle. I mean, think about it. When Joshua and Caleb got done spying out the land, were there a whole lot of people agreeing with them? They stood two against ten plus two million. And maybe Moses agreed with them, so three. Would you be able to stand if you're in a group of three and everyone else is telling you to do something different? Oh, I like our president, man. He is standing. He is speaking. Doesn't matter what people say. He's, oh, we're going to fight. He, I love it. And man, thank God that God put a fighter in the White House. It's about time that someone gets in that position and kicks the devil's you-know-what. I mean, David didn't say, excuse me, Mr. Goliath, but you're speaking too harshly. He would have slapped him in the next week. The body of Christ doesn't know how to fight sometimes. And then we criticize the fighters. He's too harsh. Oh, is the devil nice? The devil's called the accuser of the brethren. He's called Abaddon, the destroyer. You think the devil plays nice? No, he, he wants to destroy you. He walks around like a lion. He can only roar, but he's toothless. And, but he makes believe that he's bigger than what he is. And his goal is to devour you. You think that's nice? You can't play nice with those things. When you're dealing with demons, you've got you to gotta kick it up. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. Someone needed to hear that. You can't play nice with the devil. Because if you take the devil on in the flesh, you will lose. But if you take him on in the spirit and the authority of Jesus, you'll win every time. Amen? So let's, get, let's just agree with our president. that what he, let's just, what he says, we're just going to agree with it. Amen? As long as it doesn't go against God. Amen? Besides, if you're not part of the solution, you're part of the problem. Choose, choose what you're going to be. Are you going to be a solution team member or a problem solver team member? Or a problem team member or a solution team member? Which team are you on? Amen? We've we got to kick the devil out of this country. He is raising his ugly head. He's being bold about it. But it's harvest time. I hear the combines. Those John Deere combines. They're loading up the field. They're full of gas. They're ready to go because there's a harvest. We don't have to wait four months. We don't have to wait till tomorrow. We can reap right now in the name of Jesus. 
You can have a financial turnaround right here. You can have a physical turnaround right here tonight. You can have a miracle right here, right now, because God's a right now God. Now faith is. Not tomorrow, not next week. Faith doesn't have to make an appointment. Faith is always ready. Well, I, I want to schedule my victory a week from now. You might not be here a week from now. You might as well take your victory now. Amen? You don't have a guarantee of tomorrow. All we have is today. That's why it's called a present. It's a gift. Who's got a need in your life? There's a void somewhere in your life. It could be physical. It could be emotional. It could be financial. It could be family related. It could be anything. It could be you're unclear about your future. You know, God's, God's got your future already designed. And all you've got to do is be filled with the knowledge of His will. So, if, if there's someone here tonight, you've got this void in your life. I don't care what the area it is. I just know that you're getting a harvest tonight. Amen. Amen. We've got some reapers. Get, get your sickles out tonight. Get your sickles ready to go. We've got to cut the grain. Amen. You're going to be bringing sheaves in with rejoicing. Bringing sheaves with rejoicing. Amen. You're not bringing one little trickle. You're bringing sheaves. So, who's got a void in their life? You don't have to be embarrassed. This is where we get the void. Listen, we, we got to stand up. When we have a void, let's just be honest and say, God, I need help. Amen. This is where God's meeting us. I want you to come up here. We're going to come up here and line up tonight.